Hello, and welcome to The Cage Equation with your hosts, Malcolm Mickelson and me, Drake Mickelson, where we will select, scrutinize, and solve the, this question about a Nicolas Cage movie. Did Cage fail the movie, or did the movie fail Cage? Spoiler alert, the answer is always the latter. Proceeding with the undeniable that Nicolas Cage can only create perfection, we will place the movie's failings at the feet of another. To that end, we will start with a Metacritic score and assign culpability for each point nicked in the following cage inquiries. Direction, script, and cage stars. Who blended this cage movie's cageosity? We are about to find out. And for our final movie of the season, we are going to go with Malcolm's favorite movie, National Treasure. It was released on November 19th, 2004, had a budget of $100 million, had a box office of $347.5 million, and somehow scored a 39 out of 100 on a Metacritic score, which is possibly one of the most embarrassing things I've ever said in my life. Malcolm, what are your original or starting thoughts on the movie? I just never disagreed with a, uh, a rating so much. I'm also, I think I don't like Texas anymore. The Dallas Observer and the Austin Chronicle both gave it a 20 out of 10. What? So Texas has it out for Nicolas Cage. Rolling Stone's also up there. I, okay, so Rolling Stone's probably, they're just, they're being hips. It's, it, that was sort of getting it from both sides of the, of the spectrum here then, I guess. Yeah, everyone. It's, it's all the ratings are all over the place on this one, though. Yeah. Meanwhile, America. The Da Vinci Code for Dummies is how the New York Post <laughs> described it. Did I, Da Vinci Code come out about the same time? Yeah, that came out a little bit. I mean, the Da Vinci. I don't know. That that's actually a pretty good, pretty good line. Um, yeah. Not that the Da Vinci Code was exactly made for the smarter people in the world either. Um, yeah, for if if the Da Vinci Code is supposed to be the genius movie, then we're all in trouble. Um, I enjoyed the movie. I it was incredible. It seemed incredibly short. It's like 131 minutes is what its running time is, but it really seemed like it was almost like 45 minutes is what it seemed like. Yeah, it just clicked through and it was it was over with and it was done. Um, yeah, they they had it down on this one. They hit all the high points and then yeah. it was over. So I guess we'll go through, we'll talk about Nicolas Cage first and his performance. I, I could, I thought it was really good. It was a really understated performance by him, especially for what was going on. He also played the uh, smart, nerdy guy pretty good and never seemed overly, it, it, it never at any point did you go, oh, what is that guy doing? All of a sudden now he's like the best fighter in the world or he's the best anything else in the world. Well, except for the, uh, except for the opening scene, his, his perfect knowledge of a wrecked, 1800 ships that helps them survive an explosion right off the bat <laughs> was a little much for me as they, but, they crouch sprint, which is surprisingly difficult to do. Um, but they do it perfectly right to what is apparently a blast resistant piece of wood. Well, and then also he opens it up and um, what was the name of the other character of his, of his uh, Riley, his Riley, right. He opens the thing up. There's obviously something about to explode. He opens up an exit, and which right point Riley goes, what is this? Where do you, I'm not going. I mean, what what else was he going to do? Like, would you stop if so, if you're running away from an explosion and somebody on a fire and somebody opens a door? I'm not even asking where it's going to because if that's the only door, that's where I'm going. I mean, that whole first the whole first scene was it, it was a little interesting overall. Yeah, but yeah, like you said, overall, I think. He was much more restrained than I remember him being, but I don't think I, it's because we've watched all these other ones at this point. Um, yeah. I mean, he played it like a 
good action oriented person who wasn't like like you said wasn't specialized in like fighting and all this other stuff he just liked history so yeah and uh, i i think a lot of other people have taken this the same role and probably even just went up up five notches with it and he actually kept yeah and the da vinci code you know yeah he would have ponytail and everything it would have been crazy yeah but they would he kept bringing it down the whole time and you know, you could see other other actors also, like if you take like a Tom Cruise or somebody would have insisted on a couple stunts, would have insisted on a few things where he's doing some crazy stuff. And for as stupid as the movie plot is, it was amazingly um, grounded in a lot of ways of not too much over yeah. the top stuff. Yeah, and it was weird because I think Nicolas Cage is just about the only main character who doesn't have like a, a really like stunt oriented scene. Maybe at the end when he's jumping from platform to platform, but um, but even that was like even he, then he just kind of hopped. Yeah, he fell. He did yeah. the Nicolas Cage run a couple of times, which is, I if I was a director, anything I could do to not have Nicolas Cage run in a movie would probably be. Yeah, I would. I'd give him a motor scooter. Or I something. thought it was because he was older. It's not. He's always run like that. Yeah, he can't run. He's he's not practiced. It. He's not tried it. I don't think he cares. Um which is once again for this character is perfect. Yeah. Any um, favorite scenes on this with him? Oh, none really stick out. Yeah. And like, he was just, he wasn't really playing like a Nicolas Cage character in it. So I don't have any of like his classic scenes from it. Um, listening to him explain history repeatedly was, was pretty interesting. I don't know how much of this movie is true as far as like the Masonic influences on different buildings. I know that's a big thing, but uh, he made it sound like it was all real. So I, I looked at I looked a little bit of it up. First of all, the Masons were real. The Masonic Lodge was real. There was a lot of the imagery that was used in the original stuff, and the, like on the dollar bill and the stuff on the back. It's been overblown, I think, throughout history on what exactly was. And I would say anything else other than the fact there is a, the Masons, and there was the United States of America, and there in fact is a Constitution. <laughs> Other than that, historically, I don't think there's probably anything else on this. It's real. I did, as far as favorite scenes, I think my favorite scene with him was, um, oh, it's when, uh, what's her name? The the female lead's like freaking out. And uh, he he's checking if she's okay. And she's screaming at them. And he asks, you hungry? <laughs> yeah, here's the quote. He, he asks if you're hurt, are you? And she screams, are, you're all lunatics. And goes, you hungry? Are you all right? And that's, she just keeps yelling. Yeah. I mean, it's just, he, I, you can see what I, I think what he's doing is he just looked at this movie and said, it just needs somebody laying down a baseline. It just needs a drum beat going the whole time. And that's what he did. He didn't try to go overboard or anything else. I don't think anybody else did either. There were a few, I mean, we'll talk about that in a little bit, a few missteps probably. I don't know. It, it was such a, it, it was just a solid performance all the way through. Yeah. And it made, made the whole movie work. Yeah, I think uh, all the cage stars. Um, I don't. I don't remember thinking any of them were bad. Well, I, I probably disagree a little bit with that, but I had. So we were going into that now. I'm going to do the cage stars. Yeah. I have. I have two people. First of all, Sean Bean is, as usual, it's, glorious in everything he does. Yeah. I mean, I. An inexplicable character who does things that for doesn't make any sense from the beginning of the movie. Within the first 10 minutes of the movie, he's changed character three times. And I don't understand any of it. 
He's gone from being this guy's best friend. I understand he's playing the villain and everything, but he seems to be actually in line with him until the fact he's going to now kill him. Yeah, it, there's no in between there. He goes from, <laughs> hey, we should, we should steal the Declaration of Independence, which obviously Nichols Cage's character wasn't that opposed to, apparently, um, to, oh, you have to die then. Yeah. So, I, but. And they have this out immediately, like on the boat, they're having this argument. You would think at the very least he would have taken him and like sat him down. Yeah, somewhere would like, hey, no one brainstorms another idea. They just, they skip straight to killing him. Yeah. He says, oh, well, this guy may not be for this. Well, let's at least get off the boat and go somewhere and do something before we start having a a fight with flares and and gunpowder everywhere. Oh, there were flares, weren't there? Yeah, I thought that was a funny little thing. I thought the whole thing was actually, and I can probably mention it now, is honestly the beats on this compared to Raiders of the Lost Ark are just just line up perfectly all the way through the whole the whole movie. Um, <laughs> the first starts off with that, you know, they're they're inexplicably, and it doesn't even make any sense. They find a boat out in the middle of where they're at and somehow clear the boat off. That was the I think maybe one of the things I didn't quite understand is how do you clear out the boat off of ice? even with all the equipment they had inside. Oh, yeah. It seemed like five minutes later and they, they're done with it. You just use a blow dryer and melt through the ice. Yeah, that's all it takes. Um, but yeah, I like Sean Bean. was great. Um, Riley was Justin Bartha. Um, I think he he's really- my least favorite of the early 2000s comedic relief actors. If they had put the guy from Sahara into this. Oh, yeah. Well, I, th- I would have been would have been a 90. Yeah, I don't want to remember that guy's name, but yeah, yeah, this guy, I don't even know. Yeah, this guy is like he doesn't do anything else after this either. And it's like who but he who does doesn't? have the lines. He he seems slimy enough to actually do the stuff too. That's the other thing, is him him and Sean Bean both actually seem like they should have been working together more than yeah, Nicholas Cage and anybody else. Um so the I loved Harvey Keitel, played an offbeat cop on the whole thing. And was it Sadusky? Sadusky was the, uh, the 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 FBI agent that was chasing them the whole time um had a couple of things like uh, out of nowhere for at the very beginning uh Christopher Plummer was the grandfather that was pretty cool but that brings me to probably my least favorite one of my two least favorite actors in this whole thing was John Boyd i he seemed out of place like in the entire movie every time he popped up it was it was weird he he seemed like more of an evil i mean i he he played it well but he's got those eyes it just looks like he's like insane the entire time and he's playing the old kind of like the old gruff guy um but he I, he'd almost been more in place with uh to be, be sean sean Bean, the guy that was financing sean bean's campaign would have made more sense than than the place he was i don't know Hey, the other one of the worst scenes, in my opinion, is when they find the treasure. John Voight, I mean, this treasure redeems apparently like his dad, grandpa, and great grandpa, and himself. Um, and he's he just pats Nicholas Cage on the back, says, You did it. That was all the excitement he could muster. Well, and can we just say this for right now? <laughs> this family's been investigating this treasure, they've been obsessing over this treasure their whole lives for how many generations and the only meaningful clue that's ever been discovered is the one that Nicolas Cage came up with. 
how have they been destroying their lives finding those? Because they, they don't yeah. have any other, they have the original clue. And then Nicolas Cage discovers what the clue actually means. So in the, in the intervening years, was it, I, what were they doing? I mean, and it, I, I'm back. Yeah, getting, the... getting into a little bit of the, the downside of the movie, but yeah. And then everything was pretty, I feel like was logical up until the point that, that, that pipe was the key. The ancient key <laughs> was this pipe, which it doesn't like really go in anywhere. It looks like they could just put like their fist in and then turned it. But also at no point in the message on the pipe that was sent as the clue to whoever died with the pipe, does it, does it indicate you should keep this pipe? Yeah. You read the clue with blood and then it doesn't say like, Oh, and hold on to this. Um, and with the blood thing too, it was kind of weird, but there was nothing else around that you could possibly use. I didn't get that. So I don't know if that was just, they had to do it because it was so old or what? Like it didn't make sense to me that it never makes sense to me that cutting yourself and, bleeding onto something to get an impression no one's got it feels like you should bring charcoal or something yeah there's snow around they could have rolled it in the snow i mean there's a million different things they could have used yeah but i i didn't like i didn't like john Voight, and i also and the thing is is then you put in christopher Plummer as the grandfather and you're going the, the that's the strangest uh Strangest genetic pool in the world that somehow you got from Christopher Plummer to John Voight to Nicolas Cage. I mean, you know, we never see any of the moms or anything else coming in, but man, that was a, that's a weird, that's a weird uh, trail to go in from, from traits. But the other person I didn't like, I, I just didn't like the, uh, the female lead. uh, It was a Diane Kruger. Chase. I think the thing that the only thing that bothered me, she is pretty much what she's written. So we don't want to say, I want to say too much about the actress actually that much, but the whole thing about her having to have an accent seemed really weird. Very odd. Yeah. And she is actually from, I think from Germany or from over and in that area in Europe, but she's also played parts without an accent. And to be honest, I think she had to try really hard to have an accent at the beginning. And then it kind of just went away. Yeah. Yeah. And then it goes nowhere. I didn't understand. I don't know. I did like the fact that they didn't seem to have, I didn't understand the chemistry. Why do we even have to have chemistry? Yeah. And how did we get to the end when they're actually living together now in a castle? Where does that come from? Yeah. Their whole relationship was weird. Like, I don't see why either one of them would be with the other one at all. Like they don't seem at no point does she find Nicholas Cage funny. As far as I remember, um, <laughs> And he just seems to annoy her through the whole thing. Yeah, I don't understand why they had to do the relationship piece always, of it. Other than it was a Disney movie. Yeah, you always have to have a relationship, though. And the, I mean, once again, I think it's, and they didn't, she didn't really like him and she went along. And I, it's just another, it seemed like another Raiders of Lost Ark plot on it, too. I yep. mean, I, I don't know. Didn't it seem like every time Sean Bean and his like evil crew showed up, they were in like a, a much grittier film than everyone else. It's like they had someone else direct every scene about them breaking. Cause like, like Justin Bartha hacks or Riley hacks into the, he hacks into the, the subway. He hacks into the national archives because he goes into the subway. And he, he puts a wire up a PVC pipe and he has the security. <laughs> full access to everything. 
security wise at this at this place, except for the except for the thermometers. Those they had to use a laser pointer for. That's the way the computers work. Which I mean, this is once again. I mean, this movie was made back in. Even they still do magical computer work now. Yeah. But back in 2004, no one even knew what any of that stuff was. Um, but it stands out because he does all that. And then Sean Bean and his crew uh, take a plasma torch and make their way through all the security in, in a couple minutes, it seems like. The amount of money that Sean Bean spent on this venture to get there. I mean, once you see at the end of how much money it's actually in the, the vault, I guess it's for real. And actually, once you see, they never actually explain how much is actually... How much the treasure is actually? It worth. sounds like a chest or two. At one point, I swear they show a treasure chest. Yeah. Like in a flashback, they don't show this grand amphitheater of statues and gold. And I, I mean, don't know. Where, yeah. If they would have done like some kind of back, like, oh, let's show what this looks like. Like in, uh, you know, someone they're tell, doing the fairy tale thing, they would have shown what it looked like. Then you would have understood why Sean Bean's doing what he's doing. Because we're not talking about. We're not talking about a few million or, you know, half, half, whatever. All of a sudden you're talking about, like, I'm going to buy a country with this money. Yeah. And that makes more sense. Sean Bean also, the other thing is when you're saying like, they're the most grittiest part of the thing. And yet Sean Bean still doesn't seem overly threatening at any point in time, but he's got people just killing, ready to kill people at the, at the drop of a hat. Do they ever actually kill anyone? They don't do they? I don't. I don't think so because they. I mean, they went up. I think they the go non. I think they like choke out the cop, the the guard or whatever they knock out. Yeah, and so once again, it comes down. Why were they trying to kill Nicholas Cage again? Why is he the one guy that they're going to kill? The one guy he seemed to like out of all of them. We don't kill anybody else. Um, and while we're at, it, we probably should also talk. We're talking about Sean being uh, Shaw. His it's probably maybe possibly one of the least competent henchmen ever in a movie I've ever seen yeah. in my life. Um, he, he can't, he can't kill somebody that's right in front of him. I mean, I, I know it's the, it's the hero and everything, but it didn't make any sense at that beginning screen scene when he runs screaming from the boat, like, like he's like acting. I'm like, what is, and also the fact he's out of breath after three seconds anytime he's running after anybody. Yeah. No, he wasn't the most uh, convincing evil henchman, I feel like. Yeah, he needs to do something. What some else part. was he is? He was Shoeshine Man. His second credit is Shoeshine Man at GSE in The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. This was his peak. <laughs> that could be. Uh, yeah, I guess that's I'm looking here, too. Yeah, he's in nothing else. But he seems, I think he's been on a lot of TV. Is where I think I've seen yeah. it mostly. Well, Kingdom Hearts too, also. Well, there what you else know. do you need? But so yeah, my I I don't really. I guess I'm saying more against the character of Abigail more than I am of the other, other actual actress. But the John Voight piece is I've seen him do some good stuff when he's younger, especially he could do some good stuff. I don't know if he's miscast. Well, he is miscast. He's not. That guy is not Nicolas Cage's father. Yeah. There's no way that that guy... The, the only thing that carries over between the three of them is they all have rather large foreheads. I Yeah. That's the I only mean. thing that looks even vaguely <laughs> similar to each other. Not the same foreheads, though. I mean, no, John, John Voight's just got like a flat face and Nicolas Cage has actually got... like I don't, I don't know. Maybe Nicolas Cage was adopted. Or maybe John Voight was adopted. Maybe that's what the whole thing was. Could be that. 
but that whole that that was the one part of the casting. I think that he seemed like, oh, we're gonna have the serious actor in there make everything seem, you know, like it'll give it a little bit of gravitas or whatever. But it's funny, once again, they're trying to copy Raiders of the Lost Ark, who brings in Sean Connery to be the dad, and they bring in John Voight. Did you have any problems at all with any of the cast at all? Or did- other, uh, I think Riley, like I said, the worst comedically from the early 2000s. John Voight was just like, he stood out. Yeah. And not in a good way. Um, and I'm always bummed when Mark Pellegrino's in a movie, but he's not the main bad guy ever since he was Satan and the man in black. Uh, oh. I wish they had used him more. Uh, the guy who played Powell also was kind of meh, but yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I thought they were all pretty good. I, I think the fun part was that they all seemed also totally, they're all in different movies and everything. But then, like, yeah, like I like Harvey Keitel because he was just having fun the whole time. His character yeah. was the whole time. So I actually, it was like, I think uh, Nicolas Cage and him were my two favorite, and Sean Bean. But of course, Sean Bean, I think we could probably do a podcast about Sean Bean too if he had a few more movies under his belt because I've never seen him do wrong in anything either. Yeah. Uh, he's been playing the same character, I feel like, since Goldeneye at this point. <laughs> yeah, playing it well. I guess the next thing we want to talk about, director or script? Because for once, we have a different yeah, for- director and a screenplay by three different people who actually seem to be doing a, see, a the, the job. The lead guy wrote Rush Hour also. Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty, like, like quick-witted. So I, I went and looked at it. Uh, so he did... Rush Hour, and then the director did Cool Runnings. So. Uh-huh. And then they brought in a, uh, the other one is they brought in the, looks like a husband and wife team to punch up the script a little bit. But they've also done Bad Boys and some other action films. So I this wonder was if a, This was a Jerry Bruckheimer film, right? I think so. From the producer uh, of Pirates of the Caribbean. So, yeah, yeah it's yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer. Uh, I would say, okay, so I'm going to go on the script a little bit more. than I, I think the director did a fine job. I don't see anything really bad. He he, he filmed the action scenes well. Um, they didn't have any really big set pieces except for maybe the, I mean, the end part, but they were just in basically a stairwell, so it wasn't. The, the car chase in the middle was a little little much, I think. With her, they did like the Fast and Furious, and I think Fast and Furious had just come out, but the jump from a door onto the hood of a car, which yeah. would have been fine, except for it's Diane Kruger doing it. And she's the head of a, a research Institute or something. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And just been kidnapped, but she handled like pro. Yeah. They just, I mean, they, they just seemed like they just grabbed a few scenes from here and there. I would say with the writing, I, the screenplay, I'm going to go with the screenplay a little bit more on this one. It honestly seemed like this entire movie is actually written originally for somebody in the 1940s because it doesn't take, I mean, their idea of what computers work like. Um, the little scene where they have the kid run back and forth and write down oh, one, yeah, he's one like word at a time. And run. no one has a camera? And you're telling me that nowhere, this guy has like these important documents that are literally plastered up inside of the opening. So these are huge. I mean, number one, we're going to look at these and no one has, no one's taken a picture and put it in a book somewhere or a magazine. They have to send a kid in their one word at a time to do that because they don't want to be seen. I mean, it was a clever little way. Then Sean Bean gets and follows the guy over and does it. And so, I mean, it's a way to do that, but 
It, I mean, that almost made it worse, though, because when he asked the kid, do you remember all the words? He writes out all the words perfectly. I'm not I'm not saying he wouldn't remember a good chunk of them, but I think it's like an eight year old kid. Yeah. Well, he's obviously smart. He's a brainy kid, but I. Yeah, you know, I he's wearing know. A, a prep school uniform. So, yeah, so he knows what he's doing. And he's also asking for more money. I mean, I I don't know. I just that was a couple of little things like that. There was like what he yeah no one's got a cam no one's got a polaroid no one walks in just send what's her name in with a polaroid take a picture of the stupid thing walk back out and you'd have it done in three seconds yeah and then like i said just the jumping to kill nicholas gage the whole first scene was just kind of weird um that whole first scene seems like they wrote it and then decided to kind of go a different direction with the rest of the movie i don't know <laughs> i like and yeah, I don't know. There's a couple of weird things like and it wasn't nearly as bad though as the, as the hidden crypt that was underneath. They actually was one of the few movies that explained why first of all it's in the why is there a boiler room in a crypt was my question. But they actually had to break into the crypt and crawl through and then they explained it was underneath the uh cemetery which is why no one's ever run into it. I, I mean, at least that made sense. I've seen so many yeah. other movies where um, they just find, what was the latest one? Uh, the one that was off the video game. Uncharted. Uncharted. They find these massive, massive structures. Yeah, well, like no, under no. Paris. Well, not only that, they go down and into a tourist place, which is, I mean, it's got, it's got a cage in front of it because people come through and they don't want them touching the altar all the time. And next to it is a stone that if you lean up against, it opens the the secret thing, so if it's a if it's like a church where tourists go through, you got to figure that kind of church. Yeah. There's got to be at least five hundred people going through in a day. No one's ever leaned up against that one wall, never. And this one is like they actually. I yeah. was getting ready. I was going to rip them for this, but man, they actually uh, they actually answered that. However, at the same time, I think it's probably one of the worst escape rooms ever. Um, it's too simple. Everything is I. I don't know. It, it's at once it's too simple. And at the same time, it was, it was hard enough to know where I ever found it. And I could understand why, because it just seems so stupid. There's a map on the back of the, the constitution, <laughs> the declaration of independence. Sorry. I got my, my documents messed up. You must not love America enough. I don't. That's, I think it's a problem. Yeah. My real issue is I don't think I can assign uh, what's it going to be 61 points. Mm-hmm. So we have to assign a bunch to the script. Yeah, I guess. I okay. So I'm gonna do it. Like, what would make this film better for me? If I would have watched the whole film, what what two moves would have been made it better for me? I'd say number one, uh, I'm gonna give it John Voight because he was just bizarre in this movie and not in a good way. It was just like out of place. Um. And we are talking about Nicolas Cage movies, so we are not adverse to having bizarre performances and, and stuff in the middle of movies. This one just didn't work for me. I guess the script for a couple of things, but they also, I mean, they had good lines too. Yeah. Um, but it was, I mean, it was an obvious ripoff of just, it was almost scene for scene, obvious ripoff of Raiders of the Lost Ark. And also actually is kind of an amalgamation between that and The Last Crusade which both came out. I think it was like last crusade came out in 89. So it's like, I guess they, they gave it 12 years before they copied it. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say I would probably give 40, the vast majority to the script. 
Okay. And then I would give the director. I don't really. I never once thought like this director was doing the wrong thing with the cinematography. Yeah. So I think I'll give the the last twenty one points to the basically split split between Diane Kruger, John Boyd, and can, uh, yeah. Or we could make news and uh, right now just go ahead. And I I guess like give ten to each one of those and then. That would leave us a 41 that we could split 21 to Texas and 20 more to Rolling Stone. Works for me. And especially, and here's here's all the evidence you need. The first one grossed $247 million worldwide or netted. Three. So it, it grossed 347 yeah. and netted 247. Yeah. The second one, which I don't think I've ever even seen, netted more than that. It yeah. was it was even bigger than the first one, and well, I think it has similar ratings, um, forty eight on Metacritic. Also, so I just I don't know what people thought this movie was going to be. I but don't. I, I, when you read the reviews, it almost reads like they thought it was going to be for adults, and it's a PG Nicolas Cage action movie from Disney. Maybe they were uh, they were they thought it was going to be more of a historical drama. A timepiece, I mean, yeah, with, like, with, this, like, with a wig and everything. We're gonna we're gonna learn a lot about the uh, about the Declaration of Independence. I mean, the tagline is, "We're gonna have to steal the Declaration yeah. of Independence." I'm pretty sure that was the entirety of the trailer. <laughs> and it's like, of course you are, of course you are. Yes, I'm sorry. I opened the the second ones, and now I'm excited to watch it because I think, uh, yep, Ed Harris is the bad guy. Yes. All right. So we have a crossover there too. He's back from uh, the Rock. All right. Um, All right. Yeah. I, we can give we can give those points over to uh to the newspapers critics, the haters, the haters. I mean, we've as we're about to talk to about to talk here right now. I mean, he's had some low rated ones, and some of it I would say not as deserving as this. But I don't know. I just didn't even. I I was so shocked when I looked down. I was like thirty nine. I had. To, I didn't even know what to say. It was yeah. ridiculous. All right. And then All we right. were going to do end of the season. So we were going to do a couple lists, I think. Yeah. So I made two lists. I made what I think were the best movies out of the 10 we've done. And then I made my favorite movies out of the 10, which are close to the same, but not, I would say some. If, Mine are vastly different from each other, I think. Yeah. I think the best ones is like, I know they're the best and I think they're really good. The second list of the favorite one is which one would I watch again? Yeah. If it came on when I sit down and I keep watching this. Yeah. I, I, I mean, there's some of that I would as opposed to, so I'd start off with what's your number one or your best. On oh, my best pig. That's mine too. And yet on uh, my favorite pig came in, uh, I think fifth or sixth. <laughs> Third on mine. We're going to do this in a really confused. Maybe we each read our list and then we can, that way we don't get jumping all over them. Do you well, want to read your best first? I'll do my best. My best is, and I'm going to give you the Metacritic scores I go to. So see how much of them actually move in with what I got there. Pig at 82. I did Moonstruck at 83. The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent at 87. National Treasure at 39. Ghost Rider 35. The Rock 58. Prisoners of the Ghostland, 53, Willie's Wonderland, 44, Jiu-Jitsu, 28, and The Wicker Man, 36. 
I, I think the the middle's a little different on them. So for mine, Pig was number one, Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent two, Moonstruck three, National Treasure, The Rock, Willie's, Ghost of the or Ghostland, um, Jujitsu and the Wicker Man. Where'd you put Ghost Rider? Oh, Ghost Rider. Sorry, uh, I I wrote Ghost. And I couldn't remember. So Ghost Rider <laughs> was one, two, three, four. It was after The Rock. The Rock, Ghost Rider, then Prisoners of the Ghostland, and yes. then Jiu Jitsu Wickerman. And yes, Wickerman's pretty far below Jiu Jitsu in my book. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. I think we we're like, we, we flipped a couple here and there. I'm a little surprised that you put Moonstruck that high because I didn't know if that was one that you I was, I was, I don't, it's not that high on my, on my faves. Uh-huh. I'll say that. Yeah, okay. it's pretty, it goes down dramatically but i think i think as far as like it was probably it might have been the like most well overall crafted like felt like the whole story like had a logical flow it was well shot yeah except for i can't get over the the moon thing the guy staring at the moon and giving like a soliloquy (laughs) johnny's got his hand um yeah (laughs) I think that may be overall one of my favorite things he's ever said in a movie, that whole little thing where he's like yelling at that. Okay, so we'll go with favorites then. I did actually had Moonstruck as my favorite, then National Treasure, Ghost Rider, Unbearable Weight, Pig, Prisoners of Ghostland, The Rock, Jiu-Jitsu, Willie's Wonderland, and then The Wicker Man. Okay, ours are pretty different. And so I started with National Treasure, then I did Unbearable Weight, Pig, Willie's Wonderland, Ghost Rider, Moonstruck, Prisoner of the Ghostland, Jiu-Jitsu, The Rock, and then The Wicker Man. Okay. Yeah, I just, I mean, we can go. The Rock was a huge letdown for me. I have heard about The Rock. I feel like anytime people are talking about like classic action movies, The Rock gets brought up. I, for the life of me, I couldn't tell you why. It did not age well. It was right in that middle where it was just starting to step up. So it was like that step up to the next ones that were like Armageddon yeah. and stuff like that. It was that. But little, it got it got. Uh, there's a big jump between like the basic action movie Jerry Bruckenheimer action movie to like even ones that were made. I feel like two or three years later. Yeah, and then it was Michael Bay. I think that was Michael Bay's too. So it was like his first time of doing his little, you know, all this slow motion. Actually, it might be more the fact of how bad of a director Michael Bay might actually be. Yeah, um, more than. Jerry Bruckenheimer. Um, so I think we both agree Wicker, Wicker Man was just was slow and tedious and awful. Yeah. And actually, I mean, the, the rest of them, other than The Rock, I, now you say that I almost, because I'm sitting there thinking, would I rather watch The Rock? The only reason I'd rather watch The Rock again was because of Sean Connery. Yeah. And some of the comedy parts in it. Um, and I, I, that'd just be more fun for me to watch in jujitsu. Willie's Wonderland just kind of started after the first time of watching it. I think I've actually watched it four times now because I watched it before we did the podcast. Then we had to wait a couple times. And then I did. I. It's almost like watching a nightmare. Yeah, um, it's like a fever dream. Yeah, I, and not in a good way. Like Prisoners of the Ghostland is a fever dream in a good way. And it's got the little kabuki dancers. It's got some really cool yeah. stuff in it. Willie's Wonderland, it was, it was just a B movie all the way around. And it had about three scenes in it that were like, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And and then Nicolas Cage not talking. Okay. And did you yeah. do Nicolas Cage not talking really killed it for me. <laughs> I think it would be much higher if he spoke or if there wasn't that weird car commercial to start and finish it. <laughs> um, 
they must have funded the entire movie. Uh, Dodge or whoever that is. And I, I did four other top things. So I did the best cage out. Okay. For me was not the bees. Uh-huh. And it will forever be not the bees. Um, for the, my favorite scene out of any of them is the pinball dance uh, from Willy's Wonderland. Best cage star, I did Pedro Pascal. Oh. And then worst cage star was the interrogator from Jiu-Jitsu. I don't I, know her name. I didn't bother to look it up. Don't. Um, I got it. Yeah, that's, I like those two lists. Um, I, the only one I would say probably, I think already says, him yelling about his hand and Moonstruck is still yeah. just, I, that's, that's my top. I hadn't even thought about when you started talking about the, uh, the dance at the pinball machine thing. Mm-hmm. But the second you say that, yeah, it just makes you smile. Just thinking about him doing, how did he come up with, I mean. The, the, the Moonstruck one might be, it might be tied. Cause there's, there's a couple different lines. There's mm-hmm. the, I make bread and bread is life. <laughs> so therefore I make life. I think is what he says. It's uh, give me the knife. Give me the big knife. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. yeah, that whole that whole his introduction to that scene is is crazy. Um, but yeah, I think the dance. You're right about the Willie's Wonderland dance. It's it's so. I guess that would be the one thing. And then the bees is a, is the perfect meme. I mean, if you, yeah. I think it's what most people know from Nicolas Cage. If you see saw that, they would go. I think everyone knows that one. Oh yeah. But yeah, so that wraps up season one. Season one. I don't think it'll be that. I think we'll probably get season the first episode, of season two out quicker than between episode nine and ten of season one. So yeah, that was uh, we had a, I had a little uh, COVID thing going on, so that that knocked out a week, and then it was trying to catch up with everything after that. So yeah, hopefully we will not have that happen again. That'll be good. we're coming back with a a more refined structure and, and ten more movies. 10 more. I, I have a lot to sit down and decide which 10 gone in 60 seconds is still on the board. Um, so, just so everyone's aware. There are. Yes. There's a lot. I was like going through, I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't even, I started, I was like, Oh, I'll just knock off 10 real quick. And then I'm halfway through it. And I realize this is going to be a lot harder. Yeah. Kick ass is still out there. Yes. Um, I mean, if you're just going with it with his top movies, that one like Kick Ass. Um, there's a couple of. There's going to be a Joe Exotic project released here soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a couple. We, still, of we haven't done Mandy yet. Mandy's no. pretty far up there. Spider Man into the Spider Verse is still there. Although I don't know how much we can. Luckily, I think that's going to be so highly rated. It's not going to be too hard to assign five points or whatever yeah there's like vampire's kiss which is one of his craziest ones uh kiss of death was a good one too um the sorcerer's apprentice yes i I think i I think should be next season for sure i had that one written down too so (sighs) we gotta get a good mix in here because we don't i mean the last five years have been have released a plethora of them but I don't know how many uh, jujitsu's we can set through. So yeah, luckily there's 117 of them, 109 of them. Yeah. So. All right. Well, got anything else to talk about? That's it. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, listening to us. This has been the Cage Equation, and we will be back real soon.